welcome back to the podcast for Cultural Reformation, brought to you by the Ezra Institute. Do not call to mind the former things or ponder things of the past. Behold, I will do something new. Now it will spring forth. Will you not be aware of it? I will even make a roadway in the wilderness, rivers in the desert. The beasts of the field will glorify me, the jackals and the ostriches, because I have given waters in the wilderness and rivers in the desert to give drink to my chosen people. The people whom I formed for myself will declare my praise. It's Isaiah 43, verses 18 through 21. Welcome back and a happy new year uh, from all of us here at the Ezra Institute and the podcast for cultural reformation. I'm Ryan Aris, and I am joined again by Joe Boot and Nate Wright. Guys, it uh, is uh, continuing to be and has been so far a, a fantastic Christmas season. And we're uh, here early in the new year, full of anticipation for uh, what's to come. And uh, full of, uh, yeah, I guess uh, anticipation is the right word for all that... Uh, all that this year will bring. We're going to be talking a little bit today about some of the uh, the trends and challenges as we uh, we enter what uh, what is often called. I always feel like I need to caveat this, but uh, the term post COVID is uh, is something that we're going to talk <laughs> about. What are the new uh, trends, the new challenges, the new uh, ideological commitments and movements that uh, that we're seeing that we anticipate. Uh, getting uh, getting m- more traction or more becoming more more of a thing this year, uh, as well as uh, we'll be we'll be talking about the the idea of New Year's resolutions. So you're not uh, not going to want to miss that. Before we begin, uh, just another reminder: there is uh, there is still time to register uh, and get the early bird rate for both the Worldview Youth Academy and the Cultural Leadership Academy. Worldview Youth Academy, uh, for everyone who's paying attention, that's for youth. That's for high school age students, uh, 15 through 18. And uh, th- that's happening in two locations at two times. Uh, in, the, uh, in the United States, uh, we'll be hosting that in Gatlinburg, Tennessee, July 18th through 24th. And then in Canada, uh, August 5th through 9th. Uh, those are... Uh, those are ter- terrific training opportunities uh, for your high school aged student uh, to un- understand and get to get firmly established on a foundation of Christian worldview to be able to uh, to respond to the the cultural challenges and the movements that we're uh, we're experiencing today. And the culture. And I would just say, Ryan, that, that um, yes. we we are also looking at uh, at adding uh, Youth Worldview Academy out west in the uh, Alberta, sort of Calgary, Edmonton region uh, for this year. So if anybody is listening who's in that age range, who has teenagers or grandkids in that age range, who is interested in having uh, the institute come out and do an academy out in the west. Uh, then let us know because we're uh, we're kind of talking about that and planning that as well because there's a lot of interest out west after our uh, wonderful Mission of God conference that took place last month in uh, in December uh, before the year closed. So um, keep that in mind as well and watch out for that. Yeah, very good. Uh, thanks, Nate, for re- that reminder. 
So yeah, let us let us know if uh, if you are in that area and you have uh, you are or you have children or grandchildren who are in that age group. Uh, we would uh, we would love to come out and be able to uh, to offer that uh, in Western Canada. So if you if there's uh, if we can make that feasible, uh, we would uh, we would love to do that. So do do reach out. Uh, and then. Yeah, as I was saying, the Cultural Leadership Academy, this is for uh, young-ish people, people uh, in their 20s and 30s, uh, post-secondary and up, who are stepping into leadership roles uh, in, uh, in their vocation, in their homes, churches, families, workplaces. And uh, this is a, uh, a longer program uh, on ma- many of the same themes, uh, cultural philosophy, apologetics, Christian worldview. Uh, these, uh, these things, the, the way that we think about these things really matters. And, uh, if you can, if you can think and speak and, uh, articulate clearly, you know, what a, uh, what the victory of the gospel looks like, how it applies and, and obtains in real life, uh, that is going to equip you very well for our, uh, our present time of, uh, religious and cultural pluralism. Uh, that's uh, that's happening June 29th through July 8th, and uh, this year it's uh, it's happening in the United States in Huntsville, Alabama. All of those uh, all the details for all of those programs are uh, available on the website ezrainstitute.com. You can follow a link to uh, to apply and to register there. So, guys, uh, today, as I mentioned, uh, we are uh, we're here. Right, to, right on the entry point of a new year. Have you guys, have you guys made New Year's resolutions? Anything, uh, anything I, you're dissatisfied with yourselves in the past, and you need to, you need to level up. There's, there's plenty I'm dissatisfied about, but I, I'm not, I'm not usually one for resolutions. I, mm-hmm. uh, I, I think uh, what uh, a band I used to listen to when I was younger uh, called uh, New Year's resolutions self-assigned penance for problems with easy solutions. <laughs> so uh, no, I'm I'm not I'm not big into uh, resolutions myself, but I am looking forward to another new year. Awesome! I remember um, I remember as a as a younger man, um, I had a. Uh, certain things written up on the wall of my study in front of me. Um, one of them was the was the Ten Commandments. Um, this is in my early twenties, and um, the other was a series of resolutions that uh, Jonathan Edwards made, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, the the great uh, the great pastor and um, revivalist, really. Um, although perhaps a revivalist is not quite the right term for him, we we apply that to him in in retrospect but uh the man who as some some have called the last of the puritans who was uh at the center of the great awakening in the 18th century in in the united states uh in the east and uh, he made uh they weren't really new year's resolutions but uh it's a whole list of the things he said he was resolved to do yes um and uh you know, I'm I'm kind of with Nate myself. I I don't tend to make um, lists of New Year's resolutions because uh, you know, well, first of all, by the end of January, usually most most of us have um, uh, failed in many of them. Um, 
and and often of course you know they're not necessarily particularly scripturally focused i think the christian life is a perpetual struggle um uh and it's a progress towards total victory there's joy in the struggle but it's a perpetual struggle um and so i do think that sometimes we can be resolved in our hearts and minds like jonathan edwards to make a change here or to 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 structure a new discipline there um to uh perhaps you know some, some of my the, the things that i've resolved to do over the years um have related to um my reading lists or um my uh, my my exercise um mm-hmm. you know so, so those things can actually be helpful um if there's something that are just part of our lives where where we're setting goals and objectives for ourselves but I think New Year's resolutions that are sort of um, uh, short term and um, often trivial and uh, uh, sometimes sort of formulated legalistically, they may not be so helpful. I think we should be resolved in our hearts and minds as believers to press on, uh, to run the race, to, to, to keep the faith. I think getting tied up in long lists of New Year's resolutions um, is typically unhelpful, but but. I think, you know, if there's, and I know there are lots of young men listening, if there are issues in our lives that we've, that we've let go, that, that, have, that have drifted, um, it's true for young women too, of course, but um, where there's indiscipline in our lives in some area, um, where we're trying to cultivate a godly habit, then it's good to be, the new year is a good time. The beginning of the new year is a good time to say, I'm, I'm going to ask the Lord to help me be re- resolved and faithful to exercise this new discipline in my life. Um, mm-hmm. But let's remember that there's no conquest of sin without the ministry and work of the Holy Spirit. And um, no amount of lists or note-taking um, will conquer those things in our lives without the work of the Spirit of God um, and uh, the Word of God doing, doing its work in our lives. No, very, uh, very well said. Yeah, I think um, when I when I, I remember having the uh, resolutions of Jonathan Edwards posted uh, in my old office at the first church I was ever a pastor at, and uh, and and I, I think those are the kinds of things that are, are helpful to talk about this time of year, as opposed to the sort of you know I'm going to go to the gym three times a week and I'm going to eat healthier, I'm going to eat less sweets, all that kind of stuff, which might be good goals, but I mean it's kind of a way to trivialize the newness of a of of a new season. And I think Scripture mm-hmm. speaks a lot about new seasons in life and and all that kind of stuff. But some of the resolutions of Jonathan Edwards that I remember, um, you know, he, he talks about never doing anything out of revenge. He talks about living in such a way as he wished he'd done when he came to die. Um, you know, those kinds of things, doing everything for God's glory, uh, to never lose a moment of time, I think was one of them, but to seize everything for, uh, in a profitable way. Those are the kinds of resolutions that, um, you know, we should always be reforming. And, uh, and I do think that the new year is a good time to reflect on what kind of a person do I want to be? One of the questions I often ask myself um, in any given situation within my family is what kind of a character am I in this story right now? You know, um, 
Psalm 139 says that every day of our life was written in God's book before any of them came to pass. And so I often like to think of myself as a character in God's story. And so the question is, what kind of character am I being right now? You know, am I being a, a spiteful character right now? Am I being an irritable character right now? Am I being, you know, what kind of a character am I playing in the lives of my kids right now? And I think about that quite often. I do think New Year's is a good time to maybe reflect on what sort of character are you? You know, are you an, are you the naggy wife? Right? Are you the distant and withdrawn father? Are you the the uh, workaholic? Like, who are you in in the story of God and the story of the lives of your kids? And I think that those are good questions to ask. And it, it is a good time to maybe recalibrate the kind of character that you want to play in the coming year. And I think that's more maybe more of a helpful way of thinking about it than just uh, the the sort of arbitrary resolutions that involve more gym time and less sweets. Yeah, yeah. No, I like that. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of similar or reminiscent or, uh, what to uh, what C.S. Lewis says uh, when he says that every, uh, every action of ours at any given moment is transforming us into a, a more heavenly or a more hellish creature. Uh, so the, all, right. of these, uh, mm-hmm. all of these little, little actions may be insignificant uh, in and of themselves in isolation, but have a cumulative effect of, of shaping your, uh, your person and your character. I mean, the question is, what kind of, of self do we want to be? I, th- I think that that, uh, uh, as, as, um, as Nate has alluded to there, I think those are the core questions um, because we do need to choose. We choose daily. We make, we make daily choices about the kind of people, um, the kind of self that, that we are going to be. There's the, there's the person we are and there's the one that we sometimes project and there's the one that we, we long to be. And when we look at uh, the characters in scripture, the great heroes of faith, we see the development of their, their lives and the growth um, in their lives. And, you know, there are, there are, um, there are ups and downs. There are, there are valleys and mountaintops, but we see this, this testing, this constant trial um, of God's servants. And, um, the Lord does discipline. Remember the book of Hebrews tells us those whom he loves and he chastises every son that he receives ultimately Mm -hmm. that we might share his holiness. And think about the life of Abraham and the way that God searched out the strength of Abraham. Um, and, uh, you know, each day Abraham and each year, even as he waited for a son an inheritance, he really had to ask himself, what kind of a man? Do, am, am I Abraham, the father of many nations, or am I just still Abram? Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, what, 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 is, what is God's divine name for us in this new year? Happy New Year to you, gents, by the way. Um, but what, what, is God's, too, <laughs> what is God's name for us, uh, you know, this year? Um, and how are we walking in that? Mm-hmm. And uh, I did not put uh, either of you up to it, but I uh, appreciate that you both brought up Jonathan Edwards because we have uh, recently over at Ezra Press published a, uh, a new edition of his book, Original Sin. Uh, our, uh, one of our fellows, uh, Tim Dieppe, has written a, uh, an introduction and an outline to accompany that book uh, where he, uh, he talks about Edwards, a little bit of his, uh, his biography, uh, goes into and uh, enumerates some of those resolutions that that you've mentioned, 
and uh, just the uh, a, a brief character study and biography of who he was, and then the uh, the text of that book that's available at EzraPress.com, and I uh, I would commend I it that, to you. Uh, yeah, I, I I think that every believer, if you want to start talking about uh, um, changes this coming year that uh, that matter. Um, certainly reading more Jonathan Edwards would be uh, one thing that every believer would be benefited by. And I do often at, at New yeah. Year's, I, I didn't think about this when you asked the question, Ryan, but I do often think about what uh, what I want to do in terms of reading that that year. I kind of yeah. set reading goals for myself. And oftentimes um, in, in 2023, uh, one of the things that I resolved to do was to read through the, the entire works of John Flavel. Um, and, uh, I was able to do that. I haven't, uh, I haven't put anything in place in terms of what kind of greater work I'm always reading new things that come up and, and old books that have been helpful and things like that. But I always kind of challenge myself to get through, uh, some greater work or some, you know, volume or body of work that I hadn't before. And, uh, I think that's always a good, uh, a good place for people to think through. Again, it, it falls into what kind of a person do you want to be this year? Uh, hopefully the kind mm-hmm. of person who stands on the shoulders of the giants of our faith who came before. Yeah, absolutely. I'm the same. I have a, uh, I don't have resolutions uh, like you guys, but I do have a, uh, and I'm developing a, uh, a year's worth of reading lists. So that's, uh, that's a, a good, uh, a good resolution that I would, uh, I would recommend to, uh, to anyone. And Ezra Press can help any of our listeners with, uh, with their resolutions in that regard. Amen. Yeah, there's there's more than a year's worth of material there, so you can uh, you can get it now, and uh, then you can be already set for the next couple of years. And for some of you, if you start the mission of God now, you'll be done by the next New Year's episode. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and then you can use it to stand on and reach other books on the shelf. <laughs> That's right. <Yeah. laughs> oh. So, guys, uh, other other than your uh, your reading, uh, which is uh, important and interesting, and I could spend the whole episode talking about that, uh, but not this episode. Uh, what uh, what do you see? Uh, I guess based on recent uh, this past year, just uh, just gone by, and looking ahead to uh, what we're seeing, you know, in you know, news, uh, elections, whatever it is. What are what are some of the uh, the trends or uh, or big items that uh, you're kind of you're looking ahead and seeing we're going to have to uh, we're going to have to deal with this in uh, in 2024. Yeah, there's lots of stuff going on in the news right now. Um, I think one of the things that's certainly filling up my news feed right now is uh, all of these pro-Palestinian protests that are going on uh, all, all through the Christmas season. They were going on in, in major shopping centers in Canada. Uh, mm. And uh, and they seem to be, at least uh, from my news feed, seem to be getting a little bit more aggressive, a little bit more bold, a little bit more invasive, a little bit more aggressive and violent. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how that plays out and how... Uh, you know, there's a there is going to be, I predict, a, a, a greater clash between uh, sort of the, the progressive liberal agenda and the um, uh, Muslim agenda of uh, Islamicizing the West. Uh, I, I for a long time because it's sort of been anything but Christ. They've been in lockstep, and there's been this sort of unholy alliance between uh, the the 
the plans of Islam and the uh, plans of the Western progressives. But I see that coming to a head. I, I see there possibly a lot more conflict between those uh, those factions in the in the coming year. And so I think Christians uh, would be well served to have an apologetic ready and a, uh, a, a uh, some confidence when it comes to evangelizing um, Muslims in our in our nation. And uh, having answers for uh, some of the what's going on in uh, in Israel and Palestine right now, and I, I know you guys did a, a wonderful uh, episode of on that. Uh, I think it was early December or late November when everything was first breaking out. You guys did an excellent episode on that, and anybody who hasn't listened to that, that would be a great first place to start in terms of equipping yourself for an apologetic of everything that's going on there. But that's one thing I see. Yeah, I think that. Um... It's interesting you said that, Nate, because I, I had both um, uh, Islamism and progressivism written down on my piece of paper here uh, as, as, as two of the key issues. I think what we saw at the end of 2023 was a tremendous destabilization. And, uh, you know, and we're not just talking now about what's happening in the, uh, in, in the Middle East, which is always a destabilizing factor and uh, the Houthis seem to be increasingly interested in getting involved um, in, in the Middle East, in the, in the Israel Palestine uh, conflict. Um, So there is the possibility of, 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 of course that spreading. Um, So destabilization, but we've also got the, the, the rivenness really of the United States. Um, the Colorado courts have just said that, um, uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago that, uh, Donald Trump will not be allowed to, uh, run in the, in the primaries, um, and, and therefore stand for federal election as president, that it will be appealed to the, to has been appealed, um, to, and is in process of being appealed to the Supreme court. Um, so you've got, we, we've got this sort of banana republic situation in the in the place where one would least expect it in the United States, where the judiciary has been weaponized against political opponents. So this is a huge election year. Um, we've got um, important elections in the United Kingdom, probably at the end of this year. Uh, we've got um, certainly electioneering um, later this year will begin for... Um, the 2025 elections in Canada, um, and of course, at the uh, uh, in the the fall of this year, will be the the federal elections in the United States, which are going to be absolutely critical. So, in a certain sense, 2023 was a year of destabilization. We had rocketing interest rates, uh, we had um, massive inflation, uh, we had uh, really a um, uh, a real slowdown in uh, the um, the markets, especially the housing market. Uh, energy supply in Europe was hugely problematic. So it was a very, it was a destabilizing year. And I see in 2024, another year of everything that can be shaken will be shaken so that only that which cannot be shaken will remain. Um, the West is going through an existential crisis. And God, I don't think, is going to take uh, his hand of judgment off the the Western nations until there is repentance in his church, until there is a return to the gospel, 
um, until there is a uh, a faithful witness from his people. And uh, and so though I think we probably will see an improvement in interest rates and um, the, the inflation coming down as we saw at the end of 2023 in England, uh, we're going into highly polarizing elections. Um, and as Nate has pointed out, we are dealing with the specter of Islamism, which is a major threat. Uh, make no mistake, um, it's not just the uh, you know you know the progressive the progressivism the trans ideology. This stuff has a real shelf life. It's called a one generation shelf life. Uh, you know the, the, this is a this this is an ideology with the seeds of its own destruction uh, baked into it. Um, even in the UK at the end of last year. The, the the government issued guidance for schools on the whole trans issue in the United Kingdom uh, and made clear that um, uh, teachers did, uh, needed to inform parents if children were making noises in this direction of transition. Uh, there was no requirement placed on teachers to affirm. There was no requirement placed on teachers to use children's pronouns. So we're already starting to see um, something of a, a pushback. We're not seeing that quite yet in Canada, um, as you know, but um, we are, we're seeing similar pushback in the United States. Um, so we've got, I think Nate's analysis is correct. I think we're going to see um, angry progressives, uh, especially the trans movements, uh, saber rattling. And I think we're going to see... Uh, an increased rise in Islamism. There have been a number of plots, by the way, in the last few days, in the last um, few weeks, just at the end of 2023, uh, that were foiled in Europe, major terrorist plots, Islamist terrorist plots that have been foiled. Um, the UK's terror threat level is the same right now as Pakistan. That's where the terror threat level from the... Uh, the um, Secret Service, the, uh, the the security services is right now. So all the signs are that that, um, that these threats uh, will continue and that there is coming a standoff between the multicultural delusion of the progressives with their uh, woke ideology and uh, the, the rising of Islam. I would add that just along with that, and we can discuss this a bit, that in terms of the Christian church, um, or not just the Christian church, but in terms of um, those who are out, fall outside of this radical progressive camp, we're going to see in the church, I think, a doubling down by some on pietism, um, on uh, piety and retreatism, basically, as things become more of a challenge, I don't think suddenly we're going to see groups like the TGC turn around and admit they were wrong and start standing faithfully on core issues. I think we're just going to see more of the same. And as the pressure increases, I think these people will fall off the map entirely. Uh, most people aren't listening anymore anyway. Um, and uh, and I don't think it's going to improve for them in groups like that in 2024. I think the pietists are on the ropes uh, in a serious way, uh, as the culture collapses. On the other hand, we're going to see various strands of nationalism, uh, nationalisms, um, getting conflated with uh, a, a truly biblical eschatology. 
and a truly yeah. scriptural understanding of Christian culture. And I think some of those nationalisms are going to start being muddled up in a kind of um, uh, trite populism um, and uh, and in some cases perhaps even a kind of ethnocentric primordial forms of nationalism where people think that if we target a specific group, a certain people group, a certain uh, class within society, they're the problem. Um, you know, we're seeing that. We're seeing it in Europe. Um the interestingly, the whole issue in in Israel has not just seen the Islamist saber rattling, but the anti Semites coming out of the woodwork um, all yeah. over the place, um, and some of them are of a, a kind of strong nationalistic hue. So you know, we've talked about this at length before. You know, we are at the Ezra Institute um, committed to Christian nation states. We believe in the Christian character, the necessity of a Christian character for civil order. Uh, and um, we believe in in Christian culture and an eschatology of victory, um, but we don't endorse a prime primordial nationalism um, of blood and soil. And uh, I think we're going to see those kinds of movements in a bit of a standoff increasingly with with Pietism. And so uh, you know, it's a time of polarization basically, and that is not unusual in times of existential crisis. Yeah. And and speaking of uh, the polarization, I mean, none of us have brought up yet, but uh, just at the tail end of 2023, Pope Francis formally uh, sort of uh, telling the, the the priests, the Catholic, the Roman Catholic Church, that they can bless same-sex unions uh, and everything going on there, uh, which is only going to polarize. I think that there are some um, uh, very conservative. Uh, I would. Dare dare say even uh, despite their gospel, not because of their gospel, uh, many conservative Christians in the Roman Catholic Church that were very uh, upset uh, about that, and that's going to polarize them. And I would say good. I, I think that uh, I would love to see a a sort of uh, Reformation 2.0 as as those who are truly converted by um, the uh, the grace of of God uh, in the Roman Catholic Church abandon the Roman Catholic Church, and perhaps this might be the impetus to do that. Uh, so, you know, even that, and, and you're already seeing, you know, in Canada, at least the mainline churches that have been pro-LGBT for a long time coming out and saying it's about time. And you have, uh, you know, uh, those who still are, are remaining strong on a biblical sexuality and ethic uh, who are condemning it. So you're seeing a lot of polarization. Joe talked about the polarization between this uh, sort of rise of Christian nationalism. So I think w within the church, we're going to see a whole lot of division as well. And, and there is time for division, right? Uh, Luther said peace were possible, um, but truth at all costs. Um, yet, I, I, I do think that um, Christians ought to not get swept up in the pride of being on the uh, correct tribe and recognize that we are called to build the kingdom along, uh, alongside others who have, um, you know, uh, secondary and tertiary uh, differences from us. And I, I think that that's where... Um, the church ought to be focusing as we look ahead to 2024 in a time of radical polarization. The church ought to be um, getting its head screwed on straight about what true unity looks like within the true body of Christ and how to condemn those outside of that in a unified way without publicizing all our interpersonal squabbling. Mm -hmm. That's uh, it's very well said, Nate. Uh, I think it's also important uh, not to... Uh 
not to diminish, but to, in in light of the uh, the very real and serious uh, challenges that to, that you've both articulated, uh, it's important to emphasize that uh, our commitment and the reality of Christ's kingship uh, continues undefeated. Uh, that uh, the uh, the ultimate the eschatological hope of Christ's victory of his present reign over the world is, uh, you know, is uh, as strong as ever. Uh, he is, uh, he is laughing at the nations who are raging against him. Uh, and, uh, there is a, uh, a bedrock of gospel confidence that, uh, that needs to uh, continue to under undergird, uh, everything that we do and say and, uh, how we work this year. But, uh, Joe, you, uh, you were mentioning earlier that uh, this this is really a uh, a time. It would be very appropriate to uh, begin this new year with uh, with a prayer uh, that uh, that you've got. Mm-hmm. A couple of thoughts were um, yeah on my mind as as I as I come to read this uh, th- this prayer that I've been meditating on for the new year. Um, when uh, Nate was talking there about unity, you know that famous psalm psalm 133 very short but uh, beautiful psalm uh, how mm-hmm. good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell together in unity it's like the fragrant oil that flows down upon the beard upon the beard of aaron um uh, for there the lord commands a blessing it's like the dew uh the psalmist said and um there's two things i think are really significant there um, one is that where there is unity, there is blessing. Um, but who is it that is in unity? Brothers, right? That that's the that's the exactly. that's the premise. The presupposition is how good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell together in unity. So where there are genuine brothers. Uh, in the faith, who are committed to the the fullness of the gospel, um, we ought to be looking to build unity. The challenge is, of course, we're surrounded increasingly by false brethren, and um, that's, right. that's where Luther's point that uh, that that Nate uh, highlighted, you know, uh, about the truth, um, you know, peace where possible, but truth at any cost, is that unity in the end is built around us being brethren. Um, how are we one family? Well, we're a family in the truth. And um, this is the battlefront now. The battlefront is in this area for the truth of the gospel, uh, the meaning of the gospel of the kingdom. Um, and and that is the struggle. And I think um, uh, Nate raises a really good point that uh, it would be a terrible shame if people, even over the last few years, who have labored together in common cause, um, in the face of, you know, the, the post COVID era. And as you mentioned, Ryan at the beginning, um, and, uh, an overreaching state, um, of course, many haven't, haven't joined in resisting the, the progressive drift in the area of sexuality publicly, um, that you would have expected to have joined, but, but many who have stood together during that period, it'd be a terrible shame if, if we ended up breaking off into, into small factions. It's fine that we all have our emphasis, emphases, uh, but we need to be together in unity um, for Christ. 
Uh, and that means that those secondary issues, those those tertiary issues, sometimes even third order issues, um, cannot become things that uh, are divided over so that we end up in multiple tribes. You know, when the when the Romans first came to, to Britain, um, one of the reasons the Britons were overcome, of course, in the providence of God, you know, they brought Christianity with them. So we're thankful for that. Um, but uh, one of the reasons they were defeated is they were they were they were uh, so tribal. They were broken up into multiple different tribes. If they could have resisted in unity, they could have mounted a, an effective resistance. Um, but because they were divided up over petty differences, uh, they couldn't mount effective resistance. And I think one of the challenges for Christians in the West right now is is that very issue. For example, if we can't come together as as um, those who are paedo Baptist um, and uh, credo Baptists, um, who are Reformational, um, Reformed, um, Evangelical, even Charismatic. Um, if we can't come together around the Word of God uh, and uh, maintain uh, unity in those things, then you know we're going to be defeated. So I think unity in the truth. Um, despite tertiary differences, is a really, uh, really important uh, uh, point. I never forget one of our fellows uh, um, and a dear friend, uh, Willem Auernail, um telling me one of his uh, favorite do- jokes in his uh, in his uh, charming uh, Dutch accent about the uh, the Dutchman who was mar- mar- marooned on a desert island, um, and uh, after about a decade. Um, he was discovered by a passing vessel, and they 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 came to the island, and they saw three structures on the island, and they said, "Well, what's that one?" And he said, well, "That's my house." Uh, and they said, "Well, what's that one over there? That's my church." He said, "Well, what's the third building over there?" He said, "That's the church I used to go to." And um, you know, we can be in a we can be in a situation where we divide over we we divide over trifles. And, and and separate over trifles um, and not uh, work together in unity. Um, that first church was probably me, uh, using the blue psalter. <laughs> That's, That's right. right. <laughs> <laughs> not the red one. Yeah. Um, let me read this prayer, um, and then if Nate wants to comment on it to, um, to close us out for this first uh, episode of the new year, um, he can do that. Uh, it's a prayer of... Kierkegaard uh, for the new year, the the Danish um, Lutheran thinker, and and uh, it struck me. I've been I've been reflecting on it um, uh, at this period. Here's his prayer: Another year has passed, O Heavenly Father. We thank thee that it was a time of grace, and we were not terrified by the thought that it was also a time for which we shall render an account for we trust in thy mercy. The new year confronts us with its demands, and though we cannot enter upon it without humility and concern, because we cannot and will not forget the lusts of the eye that ensnared us, the sweets of revenge that seduced us, the wrath that made us irreconcilable, the coldness of heart in which we fled from thee, Yet we do not enter it altogether empty-handed. 
For we take with us the memory of fearful doubts which were set at rest, of anxieties which were solaced, of the downcast mind which was cheered and strengthened, of the glad hope which was not put to shame. And when in our melancholy moods we seek strength and encouragement in the thought of the great men, thy chosen instruments, who in sharp trials and profound anxieties kept their souls free, their courage unbroken, the heavens open above them, then we also wish to add theirs to our testimony. Convinced that even if our courage is but discouragement in comparison with theirs, and our strength weakness, nevertheless thou art ever the same, the same mighty God who tires the spirits of men in combat, the same Father without whose knowledge no sparrow falls to the ground. Amen. This is uh, one of those moments where one of those times when you are, are thankful that uh, we do live where we do in history and stand on the shoulders of, of men like Soren Kierkegaard. Um, but I think that's a, a sober way to end our, uh, our New Year's podcast today, simply because it reflects on the frailty and the, the fallibility of man as he reflects on, on past sins, as many of us are, are wont to do as we're thinking about turning over a new leaf in the new year. Um, and, uh, and much like the psalmist who you know, think of Psalm 51, when David uh, sinned so horribly and recognizes sin before God, but David always ended those, uh, times of confession and reflection with, uh, the assuring himself of the immutability of God, the goodness of God, the grace of God. And so there's Kierkegaard, uh, thinking through his frailty in the year that was, but thinking through the ever-progressing story of God in uh, through history, which will obviously, because we know the immutability of God, stretch into the coming year. Uh, that ought to be all of our prayers. We, we have failed and fallen short in many ways in 2003, um, but by the grace of God, there is forgiveness and there is grace and uh, there is empowerment for us to still be used by God to advance his purposes and expand the borders of Christ's kingdom in 2024. So what a great uh, sobering way for us to end the podcast today. Amen. Amen. Well, thanks for uh, sharing that prayer, Joe, and uh, for your comments, both of you. From all of us uh, at the Ezra Institute, uh, we wish you a, a very happy new year and God's richest blessing on 2024. And we remind you, as always, that from him and through him and to him are all things. May God be glorified, and we'll look forward to being with you again next week. <laughs>